Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Homeowner AF. I'm Brianna Goslin, mortgage agent and educator. And if this is your first time listening, this is a podcast geared to single income females who are looking to buy their first home. Now, if you are a single income man, if you're a couple, if you're a non-binary person, then you are absolutely welcome here. And today I'm going to be talking about strategies that are going to help you qualify for more mortgage on your first home. Now, before we get into this, I want you folks to understand that bumping up your maximum pre-approval amount, in effect, bumps up your maximum purchase price or the principal amount of your mortgage. When you do this, you have to ensure that you're planning from a monthly payment perspective. This means that you've made a budget, you've gone over the budget with your partner or with anybody who is also dealing with the finances in your household, and you've come up with a number that you're comfortable with to pay for your monthly or bi-weekly mortgage payment. I say this because when we bump up your qualifying income, your payments will also raise. And with everything that's happened in the market, with interest rates and inflation, you really want to ensure that that is a payment that you're going to be able to afford for the entire five-year, three-year, four-year term, whatever you choose with your trusted mortgage agent. So before we get dive into the strategies, Let's talk a little bit about the challenges that are facing first-time homebuyers in the current market. Post-COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a definite raise in rates, but not a huge drop in home prices. Now, this matters for first-time homebuyers because that makes the competition pretty stiff for attractively priced homes or starter homes, as we call them in some markets. These starter homes are attractive to first-time home buyers who don't have equity in their properties. They're attractive to investors who are investing in markets, in lower markets, so smaller towns where it's more affordable to buy a home. So the competition is very stiff. And what's happening is these properties are being sold to the highest bidder with a firm offer. Now, when you're putting in firm offers, you definitely need to be pre-approved. So let's chat a little bit about the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification. Basically, if you've entered numbers into an online form and it's generated a maximum mortgage amount for you or a maximum purchase price, that is simply a pre-qualification. If you've not submitted income documents like a pay stub, job letter, T4s, um, and if your mortgage agent hasn't pulled your credit to do a credit check, then they've not holistically reviewed your entire financial situation. And I would definitely not advise putting a firm offer. Of course, there are always risks when you put a firm offer on a property, and that's something that you need to chat about with your real estate agent and your mortgage agent and make sure that you're ready to go so that out of the way we need a pre-approval not a pre-qualification let's get into adjusting expectations as I've said the outlook all across Canada for first-time home buyers is that competition is stiff so 
let me preface all of these strategies with you will likely have to adjust your expectations if you are looking at what you could afford throughout the pandemic. When interest rates were low, 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 what you could qualify for was very different than what you're qualifying for now. If you're not familiar with the stress test, what it is is a qualification, say a qualification buffer for all homeowners, not just first-time buyers. This is for all buyers. Now, the stress test actually qualifies you at a rate that is 2% higher than what your mortgage rate will be when you close on your mortgage. This means that if you're paying, say, 5.25% on an interest rate, then you'll actually be qualified at 7.25%. This is another barrier to entry for first-time homebuyers because typically you have a lower income than people who are moving up, uh, move-up buyers who already have a property. So it does make it tougher to qualify for that desired purchase price. Now, if you have a 20% down payment or more, you have access to mortgage products that are non-B20 compliant, which means they're not subject to the stress test. I mention this because you may have access to a 20% or higher down payment, but most people don't. So if not, then let's get into the strategies that will help you, first-time homebuyer. This first strategy is something that I explore with all my first-time home buyers. I always ask if there is the option of gifted funds. This means a gift of money from an immediate family member that they don't intend for you to pay back. These gifted funds are accompanied by a letter that's provided from the lender that your giftor will sign saying that they do not expect you to pay back these funds and they are indeed a gift. Now, I will note here that most first-time homebuyers and almost all of them that I work with have received some sort of gifted funds. If this is not you, don't lose hope. I also work with first-time homebuyers who are saving it all up by themselves, but I will acknowledge you here and say, it's hard and sometimes it's discouraging. But even if this is you, if you are saving up for your down payment and you do not have access to gifted funds, I would still urge you to contact a mortgage agent, whether it's me or somebody else that you trust, uh, because there are definitely strategies to save and professionals who can help you on that journey that we can, def that we can refer you to. It's also helpful to do a monthly or maybe bi-monthly check-in to ensure that you're on the right track, to ensure that your credit health is great, to ensure that you have a plan and a timeline. And depending on what the rates are, you can get your mortgage agent to run numbers and see what you can afford at the moment. So gifted funds, that is your first option to bump up your maximum pre-approval amount. The second strategy that I use with my first-time home buyers to bump up their maximum purchase price is the addition of a qualified co-signer to the When adding a co-signer, the first thing I chat about with my first-time home buyers is I ensure that they have planned their maximum mortgage payment. When we add a co-signer, you're bumping up the income on paper that you're using to qualify uh, a, a home buyer. Now, with that maximum purchase price moving up, 
the monthly payment also moves up. So if you can't afford that monthly payment with the addition of a cosigner on your application, then there is really no use in adding that cosigner. So keep that in mind if this is something that you're going to try to achieve. Second thing to keep in mind is that cosigner is liable should you default on the mortgage. They will be on title and they will have to pay that mortgage if you default on it. So there is also that extra responsibility that will be on the shoulders of the loved one or the friend that is co-signing with you. You will also have to take into account that their debts now are on your application as well. So if your co-signer has a great income but just financed a beautiful new car, then it may not be the right choice for you. These are all things that you can chat about with your mortgage agent to ensure that you are entering into a safe transaction. The last one that I'm going to chat about is the use of rental income to bump up your application. Personally, my first home had a basement apartment in it and it was the best decision we made. Not only did we have a fabulous tenant for the duration, but it really made a difference in that month-to-month mortgage payment because essentially a large portion of our mortgage payment was paid by our renter. If you are looking at a property that has a rental unit that is currently rented, you can use 100% of that rent as income to qualify you for a higher purchase price. Now, I will note here that these properties have a tough competition for those who want to purchase them because they are really attractive to investors as well as first-time home buyers like yourselves. So prepare for a bidding war, but if you can snag one of these, they really will help with your cost of living, your monthly affordability, as well as bump up your maximum purchase price. So there are the strategies that I typically mention to first-time home buyers for those who want to bump up their maximum purchase price. So of course, finances are important and you have to have all of your financing in line before you go out shopping. But there is another aspect to home buying that I want to touch on here. The mindset of a first-time home buyer is really important. I would say just as important as the professionals you choose to work with, especially right now as inventory is so low and prices remain high with interest rates still at a less than desirable rate. Even before you start shopping, you need to know that it's going to be hard. You need to know that you will fall in love with homes And you will likely be outbid because statistically, that's just what is happening right now. But you also need to know that if you keep going, you will be successful. Myself as somebody who bid on nine homes throughout the pandemic, I completely understand how difficult it is. As somebody who works with first-time homebuyers every day, my heart breaks along with the hearts of those first-time home buyers every time they lose out in a bidding war. But let me tell you that when you get into that first home, when you begin to build that generational wealth, and when you have a place to call your own, it will all be worth it. That being said, I understand how difficult it is 
to see the long-term picture when in the short term things are very hard. So when I began this podcast, I had the intention of chatting about uh, manifestation and mindset and all these things, but really there's so much to chat about just with the technicality of mortgages and how to get you into your first home that it's kind of gone to the wayside. So I'd like to chat about it a little bit here. Uh, I won't get too woo-woo on you, but I will mention that a great strategy to keep your head in the game, especially as a first-time home buyer, is journaling. And something that I would recommend to you if you're looking for a way to stay positive. Now, Brandy of Sprout Properties has an incredible journal available on Amazon and actually most book retailers. So I will link the journal in my show notes. But I recommend that one because I think it's important to be clear about what your goal is and to reiterate that to yourself and to envision yourself living that living out that goal. So for example, if your goal is to own a property, then I want you to write down every day that you are a homeowner because you're well on your way. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you're also educating yourself, which is the best thing you can do. So with that last little tidbit, I will leave you and I wish you the greatest luck on your home buying journey. And I hope that these tips were helpful for you today. If you'd like to chat a little bit more about how these strategies can be useful for you and your specific financial situation, go ahead and book my calendar. The link is in the show notes and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks again for listening.